I'm Chuck Hinman in Providence, joined now by the Publix Radio political analyst, Scott McKay. And good morning, Scott. Good morning, everyone. Have you been to sleep at all? Uh, not yet. <laughs> what a night. Can you give me your brief headline rundown of what we've witnessed yesterday and last night as far as the election, uh, especially in Rhode Island and southeastern Massachusetts? Well, there's a bunch of things I think we have to consider. First of all, both nationally and locally, uh, we once again see in the presidential election that Americans are divided sharply by class, gender, faith, education, and geography. We also see that Rhode Island has a new official state name, although that probably won't stop the locals with our quirky accent from calling it Rhode Island. Uh, the state house will get a new leader uh, in Rhode Island after uh, House Speaker Nick Mattiello was toppled from the most powerful position in Rhode Island by a Republican, Barbara Ann Fenton Fung, who, of course, is the wife of outgoing Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. And southeastern Massachusetts has a new U.S. House member, Jake Auchincloss. We saw both states, Massachusetts and Rhode Island, comfortably support Joe Biden. And also, uh, we're seeing new mayors here in Cranston and in also in Warwick, it looks like Ken Hopkins, a Republican, is the new mayor of Cranston. And Frank Picosi, an independent, uh, upset incumbent Joe Solomon. Now, again, these are all unofficial returns. At the State House, it does look like Republicans have picked up a couple of seats. Uh, the Fenton Fung seat, of course. And then, if you look at it, you'll also see that Patricia Morgan in Coventry, has won back her seat. So uh, addressing the Mattiella situation, that's perhaps the biggest news in Rhode Island politics. He lost his powerful speakership and his uh, representative seat. How did that happen, and what does this portend for the State House leadership? Well, it happened, I think, because, as former Speaker John Harwood used to say, when you're Speaker, you can only take so many hits. And over the last couple of years, uh, Mattiello seems to have frosted an awful lot of constituencies from labor unions to Pawtucket Red Sox fans. I mean, he just, you know, he's a tough guy. He's wily inside the building. But I think, and this corruption trial obviously hurt him. And I think there's a lot of goodwill in Cranston for uh, Fenton Fung. Everybody really liked Alan Fung, her husband, the mayor, and he was breaking out every day, going out and walking door to door with her with his mask on. And I think that really helped a lot. She ran a good campaign. The corruption trial involving his former mail ballot guru, Jeff Britt, obviously also took its toll on Mattiello. I think you're going to see Joe Shikarchi, who's the majority leader, out there already, I'll bet he's been on the phones, trying to put together a coalition so that he can become the next Speaker of the House. Now, we've already heard some stirrings from progressive members of the House who are angling for that speakership and for more power in the General Assembly. How do you see that playing out now? Well, that's going to be fascinating because I think Representative Kassar from uh, Barrington, who's a liberal Democrat, has already announced for speaker, and there are a lot of progressives, and I think if Shikarchi, he can probably put it together, but I think he's going to need, perhaps, to make a majority leader and some committee chairs, you know, give them some power on the progressive side. 
and he probably has to bring some of those progressives, the Teresa Tanzies and some of these folks, you know, out of the doghouse and bring them back into the, the mainstream of the State House of Representatives. So there's a potential then for the progressives to uh, make a little bit more uh, wave, uh, shall we say, in the coming uh, session. What about um, Barbara Ann Fenton Fung now as a Republican uh, joining this uh, collection? How about the Republicans? Did they make any inroads in the General Assembly otherwise? Well, no, they just picked up those two seats in the House. That's about it. And um in the Senate, things look pretty much the same, pretty stable. There's always some close races where it might come down to a recount, some straggling mail ballots, but it looks pretty much like the Democrats will be in control, but it will be a more liberal Democratic Party at the State House. Now, Joe Biden, of course, winning Rhode Island. How does his victory here compare to uh, Hillary Clinton's showing in 2016? Is it kind of a mirror image of what happened in that election? Biden did a few points better than Clinton. Trump got about exactly the same vote as he did in 2016. If you look at the state, you can say basically that all the communities that touch the water, the more affluent communities, particularly in the east side of Narragansett Bay, all supported Biden. The, if you look at the Trump communities, it's Situate, Burrowville, Johnson, Coventry, Exeter, Foster, Gloucester, Hopkinton, North Smithfield, narrowly, and uh, Smithfield, West Greenwich, Richmond. So it's the more rural parts of the state and the higher affluent communities like Barrington and East Greenwich, which once were the underpinning of Republican victories in Rhode Island, both of those uh, affluent, leafy communities both went strongly for Biden last night, along with, you know, the usual Democratic cities such as Newport, Providence, Pawtucket, North Providence. You look at those areas, uh, Warwick, Cranston, again, elected a Republican mayor, but went for Joe Biden in the presidential contest. That looks a lot like uh, 2016 did, so uh, things really haven't changed too much there. In Massachusetts, uh, Senator Ed Markey re-elected and uh, Jake Auchincloss now winning in uh, the 4th Congressional District. That seat, uh, what does that say about uh, the situation there? Well, Auchincloss uh, won the primary narrowly, but I think Massachusetts is very blue. It's a little bit bluer than Rhode Island. And I think what happened there was when Joe Kennedy III left the seat to run against Markey unsuccessfully in the primary, there was an opening there. And I think what Auchincloss is going to have to do, because he's from the Boston suburban area up there in Newton, Brookline is his stronghold, he's going to have to work very hard in these South Coast communities, the Tauntons, the Fall River, these areas, uh, to win re-election. And he may be primaried. But, you know, when you're an incumbent, there's a lot of things you can do, particularly you can start raising money right away. You know, one thing we haven't talked about yet this morning, that is uh, the sounds coming from President Trump at the White House about how this was a fraudulent election. Any thoughts on uh, where we might be going from here as we still try to figure out who won the presidency? Well, right this minute, I'd rather be... Joe Biden than Donald Trump if everything gets counted legitimately. If you look at what's out there, the path is a little bit wider for Biden. Then you have to ask yourself, how many court challenges will there be? 
Are we going to end up not like Florida in 2000 with one state at stake, but will there be challenges in four or five or six states? Will we have a lawyer's game in, you know, from everywhere from Michigan to Arizona to Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Georgia, which is surprisingly competitive. So we still don't know a lot. And I hate to tell people that you still have to be patient because we're not really used to this. But people still have to be a little patient. It was ridiculous, as everyone said, for Trump to come out at the White House and say what he said. But we're not surprised. Look, he's run a quarrelsome, chaotic type of administration. And you see why while Biden tried to be rhetorically unifying during his campaign, Trump opted to relentlessly pay play rather to his base of hardcore supporters. And you have to say that Biden will probably win the popular vote. But guess what? Looks like Trump's going to get more popular votes than he did in 2016. And now he's crying fraud. Well, Scott McKay, political analyst for the Publix Radio, thanks so much for your insights. And once again, we're on the edge of our seats uh, collectively as we wait for the results in this 2020 election. You're listening to the Publix Radio.